Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochilillo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cochilillo. And before we get started, I'd like to thank the contributors to my show, Executive producer Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger. Senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me. And binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great. And last but not least, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, go to everythingimaginable2020.com and you'll find a ton of information there on how you can help. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Donna Rebideau. She has a podcast called Exploring Consciousness. And as all of you know, that is one of my favorite topics. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Gary. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was talking before the show about your resume. Um, what brought you down this rabbit hole of consciousness? I think uh, when I was four years old, I was began to explore my consciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm from a family of, um, there were nine of us in the house, so that... Uh, lent itself to me going out exploring on my own a lot. Even though there was a lot of people, I kind of liked doing a lot of exploring. Mm -hmm. But then um, basically I lived uh, a rather normal life, I would think. I think you would say just busy. And then um, I was teaching in the health science, wellness education psychology, business, computers, Chinese medicine area. And I decided to go ahead and order a magazine called Explore Magazine. And that kind of led me to do this full full time. And then from one of my meditations, I got the, one of my guides told me to go ahead and start doing this Exploring Consciousness podcast to take everything that I had been learning all these years and make it available for people that want to, you know, for newbies that want to get started. Right. So um, what is consciousness? Oh, man, that is the question. (laughs) That is, we could spend the whole time on just defining consciousness. (laughs) So that's a question I ask all my guests. How do you, how do you define consciousness? So we like to say awareness that's not part of the physical universe. So it's a non-physical awareness um, in 3D and 5D spaces. I guess that would be my best one, although Mm -hmm. we can go crazy on consciousness. Interesting. So if it's consciousness beyond the 3D perception, how do we first, we have to figure out a way out of this perception, this this type of, of where my, my consciousness is right now. And now I, I mean, I've been also, you know, at this for a long time and know that there's a lot of different ways of doing it, everything from meditation to, to drugs. And, um, 
some of them, I, I mean, each one though will give you a different perspective on consciousness. None of them actually, none of this, even though we have all these different methods available, none of them really still seem to give a full scope of what it actually is. Um, like, like what is your preferred technique and do you have any, um, specific model that, that, that you tend to go by, of, you know, um, like I'm perceiving reality, I guess it would be, or, or consciousness. Oh boy, you're talking to a psychology teacher. So we always start with definitions. So perception is a whole lot different than consciousness. And reality is very much different. So I call this the 3D reality and we perceive through our five senses. And then we can perceive an alternate reality and we can do that through consciousness, I guess, consciousness exploration. Mm -hmm. So I've explored using sound. So I've used uh, binaural beats. I've used eye awake technology, hemi-sync, sacred acoustics. So I have lots of uh, s sound. I have, when I go to meditate, I, I can choose from over a couple of hundred sounds that I want to use from all those right. different people. You can go out with light. So I've experienced the Lucia light meditation. And so there's an app I use called Luminate, the Luminate app. And uh, I like combining some of the meditations that I have with that light. So I use sound and light. And then also I'm really lucky to be here in Phoenix because there's something in Phoenix called the Ascension Chamber by Chad Andrews. And he puts together frequencies. So he has a tes Tesla coils and um, sound. He uses HemiSync. It's a multi-modal sensory mm -hmm. experience. So every, every month I like to go down to the Ascension Chamber and fly out of consciousness that way. Um, but the people I, I tend to follow are Tom Campbell, Jürgen Svayi, um, the Monroe Institute. So you can go out, you can go out through with, um, sound, light, um, lots of, lots of different ways. Meditation, you can go out, you can go out spontaneously. Um, I haven't, the only closer thing that I have spontaneous is my near death experience. I kind of didn't have a whole lot of control over my death. So right. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that to people to try to have a near-death experience. How did that happen? And what was it like? That's a topic I've covered pretty extensively. So my near-death experience was um, with my family out on a lake. And we, were, we had been fishing all morning. And we were converting the boat from a fishing boat to a water sport boat. And we weren't skiing. I don't know if you know, but back i'm from buffalo new york so we mm -hmm. were up in the adirondacks and like there's a gazillion lakes up there yeah and we put on a what's called a lake toy and it's an inflatable rubber whatever shape ours happened to be what they call the bullet bullet shape with two pontoons and my sister my older sister and i were being splashed around the lake by her husband <laughs> who had great joy throwing us off the bullet and then something really freaky happened that day, July 17th, 1998. On my website, I had 1997, but my sisters corrected me. 
So I want to I want to change that to July 17, 1998. <laughs> a little bit after noon, and we were on the lake toy, and my brother-in-law uh, dumped us off, and then a series of unbelievable, impossible physical things happened. One, his boat um, has a very special undercarriage under the boat where you screw in the this opening to let you have to, to take a device, screw it. Mm-hmm. So there's no water to get in the boat. You know, what little there is, they... I think I went unstable there. You're back. Okay. So we we got thrown off. We get back on, on the boat, and then we hop on the bullet from the boat, and then my sister unravels the rope till there's uh, no slack left. And I hear my brother-in-law yell, get off the bullet. The boat is sinking. And I thought, well, that's impossible. How How is the boat sinking? And on the boats, my brother-in-law, his nephew, and a baby. So we were really concerned about the baby. So I, my sister's behind me. So I looked behind me, and she had the rope in her hand. And I watched which way she threw it. She threw it to the left. So I rolled in the water on the right, and she rolled in the water on the right. Now, this is seconds. So she threw it. And so I can hear the boat start up. And I looked down, and the tow rope is wrapped around my leg which is physically impossible for it to have gone where she threw it from the left back on top of us. Now I'm, I'm in the lake, I'm in the water with a life vest. So it, it would have to go down and wrap under my leg. So I'm sitting there going, first of all, how's the boat sinking? And two, holy shit, I got this, <laughs> this thing is wrapped around my leg. And then I hear him, engaged the boat. And I went, Oh my God, this is going to hurt. <laughs> so I took the biggest gulp of air that I could. Then the next thing happened was the most painful uh, injury I've ever incurred in my entire life. And I've played sports and I've broken things and I've fallen off things, but this tow rope strangled my leg above the knee to the bone. And I was being drugged underwater. And so my sister says what she was watching was her husband kill her sister. (laughs) She knew I'm I'm dead. (laughs) So I'm being drugged along. And the force, he had a twin engine outboard, very lots of horsepower. And the the way I'm being drugged through the water, it's hitting my chest. And I can see the air bubbles leaving me. And I go, man, I really could use that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm wondering, I, you know, like MacGyver, what, is there anything that I have here that I can cut the rope? And I, I can't, I'm, I'm actually helpless. And so I thought, Oh man, well, now I know how I'm going to die. And a lot of people, you've studied that. So, Gary, you know, in near-death experiences, mm-hmm. a lot of people will report that. Now I know how I'm going to die. Yeah. So I thought of that for a moment. I thought, oh, man, and there's nothing I can do. <laughs> All this education that I've had, and I cannot get out of this. So um, I wonder, while I was just hanging around waiting to drown, 
I thought, well, I wonder where they're going to have the funeral because I live in Arizona and this is taking place in New York. So I wonder how they're going to do that. And it's a logical thought. You know, just kind of, you know, I mean, what you've got nothing else to do. You know, I mean, panic wasn't going to help me. Ah, you know, not going to help. So uh, as I'm having these thoughts being drug along, I die, I drown. And what that was like was I, I left my body and Bob Monroe from the Monroe Institute used to call it when he went out of body, it's like a jello mold. Mm -hmm. Like when you come out, you, your body looks like how it is in its shape. So that's yeah. what it felt like. But I immediately went through this veil, like a real thin saran wrap. I actually felt that physically. So I'm going to talk about physical terms when there aren't any. This isn't, you're no longer physical, mm -hmm. but that's what it feels like. So I go through this veil. And the first thing I noticed was the difference between when you're in a time dimension and when you're not, when the dimension you're in is not, doesn't have a time. That's right. the first thing I noticed was, oh, there's no time here. Then, oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, I'm dead. Okay. What, you know, how, how are they going to do this? And so I start, I have a feeling of movement, like moving up and away from the planet. And all of my cells in my body felt like they were vibrating. Even though I knew I no longer had cells, that's what mm -hmm. it felt like. And that they were laughing their ass off. <laughs> you know, I actually feel like I'm looking down at my body going, what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> you know, as if this was separate from me. And uh, it was kind of at the same time, even though there's no time, I, I was looking back on earth because I thought, oh, man, you know, they're going to have to do a lot of paperwork. I'm really going to ruin people's lives here, you know. But as I was turning to look back, I heard a, a voice, but it's not, it's telepathy. It's not, you don't hear anything, but it's mm -hmm. like put into your head. And I heard, don't worry about it. And then everything behind me, like disappeared. Like no longer, I'm no longer Donna. I'm now who I am. I'm my higher self. I'm my beingness. Right. And then um, I'm focusing back on, uh, um, on my, all my cells that look like little happy faces, <laughs> uh -huh. yellow happy faces. And they're, I go, what are you guys so excited about? And they're like, here he comes, here he comes. And I'm going, who are you talking about? And then just like behind me on the cosmos, I, you guys can't see it, but I, my background is uh, looking down at the earth from outer space. Yeah. And it was very much like that in my near death is that I could feel something coming up on the edge of the earth. And then when, and like how you anticipate somebody coming around the corner, you know, someone's coming around the corner and you're just waiting to see him. Mm -hmm. Gary, it's like that. So I'm waiting for the creator of the universe. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Yeah. It was like, Oh my gosh. So up he comes and I use the pronoun he, but this creator of the universe is energy. It is a, you know that you're in the presence of who, even though it's not a who, of, of 
what created the entire cosmos. And I'm, I'm in awe because I'm in front of them and they're using my name. They used a name that is really my name and it has to do with my re relationship to this whatever creator, whatever. And I went, oh. Then all this information started coming in telepathically, like knowledge about how everything works. Everything. Mm. It's like, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then as I'm hearing this in my head, it's simultaneous with, it's almost like the Aurora Borealis, like the creator of the earth is almost like the Aurora Borealis, this uh -huh. great shining energy of that's, there's a power behind it that's like humming, like unbelievable. And they're talking to me and I'm unpacking what they're saying. And I'm saying back to the creator what he's, what I say he, just hang with me while I say he, um, saying, I know everything. As I'm saying to him, you know everything. You know, it's like happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I know every hair on your head. As I'm thinking, he knows every hair on my head. He knows, he knows everything. And then he says, I even know the number of grains of sand on a beach in New Zealand. Now, I said that. I was transported down to a beach in New Zealand with my eyeball up, like in the sand going, yeah, that's a grain of sand. <laughs> Go flying back up. And I was like, what the, who does that? <laughs> you know, who does that? There's a grain of sand. Okay. And um, love was happening too. And it's a love that is shoots through you and bathes you, your, your energy, vibrational self, your higher self is bathed in love. Like you would never want to leave this ever. You don't want to leave because right. it's like, okay, this is some serious love going on here. And it was like shooting through me this way. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing things telepathically this way. And I'm just kind of hanging out um, in front of the creator of the universe, kind of hanging out, you know. <sighs> wow, this is amazing. I'm learning all this stuff, getting some love. <laughs> <laughs> I have not a care in the world. But somehow I knew just outside my reach, there was a line and I knew if I crossed that line, I would be dead, dead. You know, I'm just kind of like, just dead. Right. But there's a, you ain't coming back dead. <laughs> you know, there's a dead, dead. So I was kind of, kind of hanging out looking at that. And then I hear this. I hear, so what do you want to do here? <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm going to do active listening with God. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm going, like I said, so is what you're saying, is what you mean? What am I doing here? Does that mean I, you know, I get a choice of what I'm going to do here? And then I tell people if the Aurora Borealis could smile, you get that crackling electricity. Uh -huh. That's what it was like. Like he's laughing his ass off at me. Like 
you're doing active listening. You're, you're telling me back what I said. You know, he's just laughing. So I'm laughing. Then I say something I never would have said, ever. <laughs> never. If you said, what's the first thing you would say when you see God? It wouldn't have been this. So I say, well, since you made me, I give my answer to you. As soon as I said that, I kind of turned my head and went, holy shit, do you know what you just did? I gave away my choice. Mm -hmm. He asked me what I wanted to do, and that was a choice. And then, I don't know how long this took, but I became aware of, as human beings in the 3D world, our, one of our greatest gifts is choice. We can choose things every day, every minute, every second. We're making choices with our thoughts or choices that people can see. Oh, I choose that bagel. You know, people can see that. But they can't see other choices that I'm making in my head about, you know, just life, judgments, what am I doing? And I came to understand how powerful that choice is, and I just gave it away. Right. So I'm now waiting, even though there's no time there, I've been asked a question. I gave away my choice. I now I'm waiting on the creator to figure out, do I go past that line? Never to come back for a while? What's going on? So in those moments, and when I look back on it, it seems like it's seconds and it seems like it's millennial. It seems like forever. And what I was being taught was surrender. Because you will understand surrender and you'll go back and talk about it. And what surrender is, is you actually give your choice. You give your choice away. And I was a pretty good person to give my choice away to. You know? like somebody who loves me without, you know, has his, his own name for me. Um, you got lucky. Man, <laughs> was lucky. So I'm going to, I have to go back and talk about choice. And surrender. So when people talk about surrender, now since I've been back and I hear people talk about surrender, I go, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea because I'm waiting. I don't have a choice anymore. And right. I'm waiting. And I'm sitting there going, okay. Then as if I was being held up in the cosmos by being suspended by something, I could, I could actually feel myself being let go you know, unchained or whatever. And I'm falling back to earth backwards. You know, I'm falling back like I'm falling back. And I hear this. I hear this. Good answer. Because I'm falling <laughs> back. And I started laughing. You know, like I gave my choice to you. Wait, good answer. So I'm falling back and I snap back into my body and I'm drowning again. You know, I'm uh -huh. underwater. I'm drowning and I'm going, what was that? What was, what was that? Why? What's going on? And then I hear the boat stop. My brother-in-law said he felt a tap on his shoulder to look back. And there's no one on the boat. I mean, his nephew and the baby are up front. There's no one behind him. He turned around. He saw the bullet kind of acting weird. So he turned off the engine. I went, I'm going to live. Started swimming to this and I thought how are they going to undo this rope it's embedded in my leg the rope comes undone 
I feel hands under my armpits. I think it's my sister. I get up to the top and I'm just spinning out. I mean, I'm drowned. So I'm spitting mm-hmm. out all this water. I drowned. And uh, so my sister was watching this. So she's trying to swim. And anyways, the rope comes undone. And I'm pop, I'm, I'm at the surface because I have my life jacket on. And I look at my leg and I thought, oh my God, it's gone. It's severed. And, you know, only thing holding it is like a little piece of bone. So <laughs> I grab it. I grab my calf because if I twitched, it would have mm-hmm. kicked my leg off and I wanted to have it. I wanted to have my leg with me in the emergency room so they could try to attach it, right. you know, reattach it. I just thought, oh my God. My sister comes swimming up and I go, don't look at my leg. Don't look at my leg. She looks at my leg. She screams. And I say, okay, I'm now you have to pay attention to me because I now have to tell you before I pass out how to take care of me. I'm first aid you know, I'm, I'm, I have my certificate in first first aid. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, this is what you got to do. So if I start passing out, you get behind me and tell her all this stuff. So we're just we're just kind of out on the lake waiting for my brother-in-law to return with another boat. And so I lived. I lived. I came back. I changed me. It, I had to unpack it for a long time to try to figure it out. The first year I drove every friend of mine crazy because I did this. Gary, I'm alive so that I can meet you so that we could do this podcast. (laughs) But I was doing this to everybody. And finally, a group of my really good friends pulled me aside and said, stop it. (laughs) You know, you're here. You know, don't keep telling people, well, the reason I lived was to meet you so that I. Right. (laughs) Did you keep the leg? I did. I kept my leg. Um, What happened was um, it's a, it's a mess, but it didn't, it strangled it to the bone. So all that I saw was compacted was all that tissue Mm -hmm. was just strangled. And I thought it was severed. It was that, but you can see on my leg where the knot was and we don't Uh know. The doctors don't know how I came back. I, I was drowned. How did you come back to, how did you keep your leg? It's impossible. You should have ruptured your femoral artery. It strangled it to the bone, so I have no femoral artery. I mean, it's crushed, which means you die. Mm-hmm. So my femoral artery wasn't crushed. They can't understand that. Um, I have an artificial knee now because it's it's kind of a wreck. But when I was first <laughs> first coming out of it, and just in the healing process, there's like a severe rope burn. Right. So I had no skin there. So I had to regenerate some skin, which is very painful. So I'm bathing it in lidocaine every day. I'm just, I have now liquid lidocaine that I'm just pouring on my leg. So I have to go to the bank and I'm in line and, and I'm, it takes, it takes a lot for me to talk at that time when I was recovering. So I had a note, <laughs> I had a note for the teller to say how I wanted my cash. <laughs> so I get up there. As I'm pushing my note under the thing, you ha- when you're regenerating nerves, they're they're like fire, like they all yeah fire at once. Yeah, it exactly. Works, <laughs> and I scream. Now I'm in a bank. I'm in a bank. No one's talking. It's real quiet. 
I'm pushing my note across as you hear, ah, because I'm in pain. And the teller looks up at me and she goes, ah, and people dove on the floor. <laughs> I had to push this note over and I've got my hands up and I go, no, no, it's my leg. It's my leg. It's okay. And I have to pull up my pant leg and everybody sees my wound and they go, you okay? <laughs> so, yeah that was the day i'm surprised i wasn't arrested for a bank robbery so yeah i got my leg it's it's attached um one of the things my sister and i are pilots so one of the first things i was telling her i go can i fly the plane can i fly the plane and she goes yeah and i, I met with my artificial leg i thought do they make an artificial leg so that i can I can fly the plane. She goes, yeah, yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so quite a I, story. So I have this, I have this freaky thing. I, I'm looking at the Explorer magazine. I'm thinking back over my life, uh, uh, four years old, and having guides come and talk to me, and um, I'm having a lot of psychic phenomenon happening to me as a kid, which I thought was normal. Until the, I asked the same sister, my, it, but now we're like um, eight and four, eight and twelve, mm -hmm. and she's saying something to me. I go, "Oh well, just go out of body and do this." She goes, "What are you talking about?" I go, "Just, just go, you know, leave your body and go over there and do that." And that's the first time I realized maybe everybody can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I had you know car accidents where I was saved when I shouldn't have been. I've had someone not mentally stable tried to come in my room and kill me. And I could actually feel my guides flying by me to keep that person from entering my room. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've had all these experience without, I thought it was all normal. So right. I think exploring consciousness was, you know, like I said, I was in meditation, came out of it with a download that said, you, you know, start this podcast and, Take everything that you've learned and help people understand that we're not all that's physical, that there's a, the reality. There, there's a 3D reality for us to be here to learn lessons. But our ultimate self, our higher self, is in another realm. Mm -hmm. So I got to visit that. Do you think that 3D reality is nothing more than a form of consciousness itself? That's a great question. Remember, I said I'm a I'm a student of Tom Campbell, mm -hmm. and so um, there's he says this is a virtual reality. So if you wanna if you wanna go with that, we we can go with that. But that it has physical rule set. You know, there's things that are here that we need to learn now. Ultimately, can I answer that, Gary? I you know does it to me? I transcend a lot of stuff. Does it really matter? What does that do to help me? Um, evolve my consciousness? How does that help me be a better person? And so a lot of that is some Tom Campbell thinking right. of this is a virtual reality, a school where we can evolve or de-evolve. Mm -hmm. The only thing necessary is consciousness and evolution. Right. Does that make sense? Do I need to go a little bit more into that? No, no, it, 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 it makes sense. Like for me personally, um, understanding that that nature that that reality isn't really a hundred percent real um helps me loosen my grip on it and when i'm able to loosen my grip on what i think i'm perceiving or whatever i think i'm experiencing um 
know, it makes it easier for me to let go of some of those ideas or thoughts that are uncomfortable. And I, I don't have to carry them around. The judgments I can let go of because they're just, that's all they are. It's just judgments because the reality itself is just not really, it's not that real. It's uh, a lot, a most of it's just being created in my own head. So yeah. I don't really have to stress out as much about it. Absolutely. And it really, in, in terms of stress, there, you know, you have day to day 3D living stress. But as far as the big picture goes, um, no, you don't really have to stress. There's, think about what you want to learn here. How can you go about doing that? And I'm a teacher, so I can help you with that. <laughs> if you want to do that but if, if as long as you know it's a it's a virtual virtual the meaning of the definition of virtual is almost so it's almost real it's almost a reality yeah but um yeah um when did you, i answer you gary did that help yeah yeah definitely when you came back from your um nde um were you a little disappointed at first Okay, by first you mean like when I like when you first woke, when, when you alive? first woke up realized you were alive. Were you like, uh, well, a couple uh, of thoughts. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I really wanted this. I want to go back. <laughs> well, I gave up. I I had a really profound experience of giving up my choice and my freedom. So I had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I, and when I was in the middle of all that love and knowledge, I could have easily said, "No, I'm not going back. I'm, I don't want to go back." I know what's back there. It's, <laughs> you know, there's some tough stuff back there. Yeah. So when I first, when I first realized, when I snapped back into my body, was drowning, and then I realized I was going to live. For me, it was like taking all that heartache away from my family. They don't have to bury me. I'm not dead. Um, they don't have to grieve all that, all that grief. Um, I'm still going to hang around and just tell terrible, punny stories and, you know, laugh a lot. So <laughs> I was okay. I was okay with it because I know, I know what's there. Yeah. And, and how does that change things? Knowing that death is not the final end to your That's consciousness. That, that has to change how you live. That's a great question, Gary. It does. Um, first of all, you've seen, you've seen it, you've experienced it. And I've talked with a lot of people about um, what, what that is that some people say, well, your experience was just uh, a neurons firing at death. That's what happened. It wasn't, wasn't real. And I try to avoid those people. <laughs> I yeah. try to avoid <laughs> <laughs> that conversation, um, because it, it to me it's like, well, where is where is love? Where where are where are concepts that aren't concrete? Where are abstract concepts? Where do they live? Mm -hmm. Like as a neurosurgeon, I can open up your brain and I can pick out the hippocampus. I can pick out structures, but I can't pick out consciousness. But consciousness is non-physical. Right. So I'm now, I now realize there was physical and non-physical. Plus all the other stuff that was going on in my life. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, um, you want me back? I, after that first year of, oh, I'm here for this. Oh, I'm here for that. 
and I kind of settled down into it and realized what happened, it became tearing apart your belief systems. Right. It was 10 years of tearing apart my belief systems when you realized I used to believe this, but what I saw, they, they're not compatible. They're not compatible beliefs. And what am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with religion, faith, um, non-physical experiences? How does that fit in my worldview? So for the last how many years, it's changed my worldview. And I realized that there are not, not too many people that are really going to want to hear this, except for Gary's podcast people, <laughs> my podcast people. You know. uh, there's a tons mainstream, of people. Yeah, mainstream's not going to want to hear this. So it changed me to my core, my core beliefs, who I am, what this is. And I'm a teacher of psychology. I'm teaching psychology at the college level. And I now have to go into the classroom and talk about concepts that <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I believe this, right. but I'm teaching, I'm teaching this and there's a curriculum. And so I have to, you know, do certain things within the curriculum, but inside me is going, ah, no, it's not really that. <laughs> so I love, so it, it also was a nice, nice way to, um, that my guides let me know to go ahead and do the podcast where I could mm -hmm. have an outlet that expresses that. But I don't, I, I'm usually asking the questions. Right. So. Um, this is, I have a good question. This is, um, cause you're psych, a psychologist and you've had the, these experiences. Um, and it, I've asked a lot of people this question too. Um, when it comes to the human brain, is the brain, um, a memory bank and a data processor, or is it a receiver, like an antenna, or a combination of both? Well, I'm going to say it's a receiver. It's very that's a very interesting question for me. It's really like, okay, I'm going to try to answer it not as a psychology teacher, but as who I am. So, um, that's that's a great question. We, we're in the 3D physical world, so I think we have structures that help us navigate or move through this dimension, this 3D dimension. But that's not at all. When you when you look, can can I add into my brain? You know, I, when I was um, a young teenager. So I'm back now. So when I was a young teenager, I, I wanted to see how much I could do on the planet. What can I, can I, what can I accomplish on the planet? How many things can I do, you know, take, take part of? And one of the things was also, how much can I pack into my brain? Like, I have five college degrees. Is there, is there more? Is there, can I pack more? Can I... <laughs> I have I have hours on two doctorates. Can I can I pack in more? Can I finish those two doctorates? Can I how much can I pack into a brain? And then after my near death experience, it's more of my consciousness, my memories, my 
um, abilities are in the non-physical realm. I know of people that have done, you know, like the children in, in Europe that have the blind, the blindfold studies with the kids in Europe and they can walk around, they can go go-karting with their blindfolds on. There's a group of people that are exploring when they meditate and they go out into the 5D, they wanna learn a language such as German. And they go out looking for someone that can teach them German and they come back speaking fluent German after a week's meditation. Like how, what is, how is that possible? How, how are these people doing that? Yet, if I decide to um, smoke certain hallucinogenics, <laughs> I can have an impact on my hippocampus. So I can, I can do damage to structures of my human body that might limit my abilities or capabilities. So I kind of am put one foot on the earth and one foot in the 5D. I try to transcend limitations. So if someone's trying to limit me by saying, you know, you can only learn so much, I, I just am not, never, never going to agree with that. Mm-hmm. And if someone says, oh, look at these people, they're out here and they're learning languages in a week. I'm going to try that. <laughs> the kid's blindfolding go-kart. I want to understand that. I want to try that. Can I? Yeah, probably. Well, I can fly my airplane blindfold, but not land it. <laughs> Did that answer your question, Gary? Does that? Oh, sure. I can actually drive my car blindfolded. See, there you go. I do it all the time. Okay. My wife yells at me though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tells me to open my eyes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we are in a 3D world, you know, there are there are consequences. There are, there's uh macrophysics and microphysics. So I tend to I, you know, I'm this science poet person. So, you know, I I think there's no limits to our capabilities. Can people upgrade their consciousness? Not sure what you mean by that. Can they evolve their consciousness? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely can evolve it. You can de-evolve your consciousness too. So evolving your consciousness would be when you get to the point where you realize that your life is to help other people's lives better. You know, that you... It gives a different, it gives a whole new meaning to me for what sacrifice meant. You know, mm-hmm. I, I told you a lot about surrender, but sacrifice, because you don't, you're not caught up in whether, okay, when you die, Donna goes away and you got to accomplish everything now to be remembered. All that goes away. All that goes away and it becomes people on people. Why well, I wanted to see you in person. I want to see Gary. I want to see you. Right. I want to understand you. I want to help you. Because I'm not caught up in the, in the me, mm-hmm. you know, I think the evolution of consciousness is you understand the we, and the we really comes back to we're all the same, we're, we all come together. So it's kind of, we're not separate, even though we feel separate. And yeah. I'm going abstract, es- esoteric on you, so let me know if I'm, if you need me to define terms. You, you could never get too abstract or esoteric for this podcast. I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of my guests. But. I have, I have. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, you can't, you, you can't go too far out there. You can't go me. too far. No. Okay. No. Um. So, 
Um, you know, you and I have a, a, a mutual friend, Candace. And uh, so have you experienced any of the angelic beings that she has experienced? Or have had, had similar experiences? Well, remember, yeah, my whole life has been with angelic realms. So I don't, I don't experience them quite the way she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine tend to um, like to do clairsentience, clear right. audience. Um, they, they're pretty, pretty funny. They do have fun. We do have fun, me and my guides and my angels and my whole other realm. We absolutely have a blast. So uh, I experience it, but uh, let's see. How can I say this? Because I have no limits. You've taken off the reins of yeah. my esoteric being. Mm-hmm. So I can say I've met, I've met one in person, and that was a, that was a trip um, back when I wasn't uh, – I was just, I was in college. I just got out of college and I had severely broken my ankle. Uh-huh. So I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a basketball player. So I was trying to dunk. I'm five, six white girl trying to dunk a basketball. So I got up higher than I ever did. And I came down, I broke, just shattered my ankle. So I'm in my, I'm, I'm at work and I'm in a back room. They want me out of the way. We're training people in New York state for civil service exams. So they don't want to hear me crying in the back so where my office is anyway you people that are coming into this office first of all don't i have no interaction with these people i'm doing a lot of behind the scenes writing Mm -hmm. manuals and things like that and i look up and there's this guy standing in front of me I'm, i'm in a very long skinny room is where my office was and here's how old it is mimeograph machine was there <laughs> I don't even know what a mimeograph machine is I look up and there's a guy standing there and I'm like who who are you so he had a message for me um, that actually turned my life around saved my life um, but I, I got to meet him and I asked someone later that was uh, a psychic clairvoyant you know was that was that who I thought it was I go yeah you need to you needed uh, people to show up <laughs> You were going down the wrong way, girl. <laughs> yeah, and they actually handed me a book. And uh, it's people always want to know what the name of the book is. Like they're going to read this book. No, it was it was something specifically for me in my life. That was the only book that was going to talk to me about changing my behaviors. So that was really. I went home, showed my mother, and I was freaked out. I freaked her out. We both freaked out. <laughs> I have to work. I'm like, okay. So yeah, I've I've had um, tons of experiences with angels and guides and um, getting messages. My messages tend to be for a specific person. So they would talk to me about you, Gary. They would not be like candies is for the world. Mm. They would probably um, warn you about me. They did. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what they said, Gary? Oh my God. <laughs> Watch this guy. <laughs> no, you passed the test. You're good. <laughs> good guy. Got a good heart. Thanks. So they show me, they show me things. So, I, uh, so if I'm talking to you, I can see you. I can, I can see you. 
mm-hmm. he gave me that gift. And so I don't know, I don't talk much about that, but yeah, sometimes it freaks people out. Hmm. But I'm an acupuncturist too. I'm now a sports medicine acupuncturist. So I get, I get away with asking lots of questions. And I had one guy go, one baseball player, major league baseball pitcher turned to me and goes, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it just kind of came to me. <laughs> That's got to be I fun think- being an acupuncturist. Like I've tried to get my wife, like one time she hurt her back. I said, well, let me do acupuncture on you. And she's like, you don't know how to do acupuncture. I said, sure I do. I just stick needles in you. That's all we do. Yeah. <laughs> And when it stops hurting, I know I hit the right spot. That's right. Yeah. If you bleed and I hit an artery, you know, hey. Exactly. Yeah. So the five-year study, I could have just stuck needles in people. That would be my technique (laughs) or what I would figure it out on YouTube. There you go. I took a YouTube class, really. Trust me. I know where to put this needle. (laughs) Whoops. We're taught never to say whoops in acupuncture. No. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty cool. No. So, 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 so um, with, with the um, the angels and, and stuff, um, does everybody have like one of the things like like I've I was just I've been reading Candace's book lately, and she talks about how everybody has like this group of angels that that, that are with you you know, from before you're born and transition with you afterwards. And all you have to do is ask for help when you need it. That's that's all they're doing is like hanging out and waiting for a person (laughs) to ask for help. No, they're not just doing that. (laughs) And, 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 you know, and I I was thinking about like, you know. What are they doing? Yeah, one is like, what are they doing? And... That's like the one thing I always struggle with the most, actually, is asking for help. For some reason, I hate asking for help. You know, to me, it's like almost like a humiliating thing. But uh, at the same time, it's probably would make me stronger, too, to do that. Um, So is that also something that you share? Well... I'm not sure what your question is. Or the, do you the have question, angels? The, the question is like, 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 uh, yeah. do you have? Do you feel like there's a lot of angels guiding you in this world, outside of this world, and, and um, they're there to support us. Yeah, like a us. couple of thousand, couple of thousand. Yeah, they're. You know, how do you how do you explain this? Um, asking for help is is one thing we can talk about, and that's an ego thing from whatever you were taught. Mm -hmm. So when you think about you as a kid, as a male, all the things that were said to you to make you have a belief system about help. So you you have this belief system about asking for help or humility. Now, keeping in mind humility, the root word hummus means to put your face to the ground. So humility means that you lower yourself to the ground in supplication for Help me, I can't do this. Right. So so there's a couple of thoughts there for you, Gary, in terms of you look at your belief system, look at why you feel that way. And so we could do a whole session on that. That's too scary However, for me. I'm the yeah. least humble person ever. Well, I think I think you're more humble than you <laughs> than you're t- leading us on. Remember, it's why I'm doing the video. <laughs> you can't, what are you doing? 
Second is um, angels and beings. And what the hell are they doing over there? I had someone say, are they golfing? Are they? What do they do? It's not the same world. It's a different dimension and dimensions with lots of activity. Like when you, when you die, I tell people, well, you, you know, maybe you can contact them right away, but they're really busy. They're busy for about three months earth time of, they have reports to give, they have um, healings um, that they have to go through depending on what happened to them physically. Um, so, so there's lots of, there's lots of activity for you as you're passing, as you're transitioning. And then when you actually transition. So what about here? What are they doing here? I just kind of hanging around waiting for Gary to say something. No, it's, um, it's, uh, uh, you have uh, energy vibration, vibration and frequency. And so they're at such a higher level of frequency. It's a wonder that they can even get something through. You know, Donna, don't go there. Oh, yeah, okay, I shouldn't do that. All right. Um, but, yeah, if you think about it, you're constantly thinking right. in your head. So people can say, what do you do all day up in your head? Well, during the day, I, I'm i going through rote things. I, You know, I'm a physician. I have to do these things. I'm an acupuncture. I have to do these things. But in the off time, I'm still doing stuff up in my head. So people, people that don't know how to think would say, what are you thinking about all day? <laughs> what yeah. are you doing up there? What are you, it's, I can't relate to thinking. I don't know how to think. So mm-hmm. I don't see how you're thinking. So that would be like a 2D person talking to a 3D person. How do you right. have, how do you have width and height? I'm just a line here. I am a two dimensional person. 3D people do all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking a similar question to what the angels are doing or your guides are doing, very similar. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're in a dimension that unless you can remember, you forget that dimension. You forget all the things that are happening there. It's very active. It's very, uh, and it's related to consciousness, love, moving things forward, evolving, um, you know, there's, so there's, there's that there's your past lives, your, your, as Tom would say, what, what is your um, higher self doing? Right. So there's lots of, there's lots of interactions with your higher self with beings that can, if you will, for a better word, filter down and make meaning in your 3d life. So when I think, when I go through the day, how my near-death experience changed me is I'm constantly aware of every thought that I have. And I don't mean it in a psychosomatic way or, you know, like, a, is that how you think? But you're thinking anyway. So you can be thinking on these different tracks. I say, you, if you think about your brain as an eight-track mind, you have mm-hmm. one track going to the grocery store, one doing your work, one doing your, you said you're married, you, you know, with your wife, kids. You have all these tracks, but you have another track, a really special track that's you and your higher self and your angels constantly communicating in a language that's love, that's helping you evolve. They can also help you, like I said, with me, Mm -hmm. 
they've helped me physically from car accidents to, like I said, the person at my door trying to going to come in and really absolutely had uh, an intent to actually kill me. Um, that was my brother and he was trying to come into my room and he didn't, he didn't like me and my gifts and my stuff. Oh, you wanted to erase that, kill me. So they were there. So there, there's things that they can do. Now, mm-hmm. the other side of your question that you didn't ask was, what if I ask for help and they they don't come the way I want them to? And that, that happens a lot. But people saying, I've said help for five years. And damn it, they have not helped me. Right. And so it's like um, <clears throat> the other side of the coin or when the other shoe drops is like, there's, there's lessons that you've agreed. So let's go ahead. My, you've taken the reins off. So mm-hmm. we've, we've had, I met with a meeting with my guides. We're going to lay out this plan for this earth, for this iteration. I'm going to be Donna. I want to come into this family. I want to do these things. There's certain things that you want to accomplish in this lifetime. So I have made agreements and I have plans and okay. So now I'm born. What, the funny thing about the 3D experience is you're given free will. What I told you before about choices. So you can have these plans and have these angels and have these guides and then just be a stupid mother <laughs> person and totally disregard that plan or these intuitions or you can totally do that. And then we, we get into a situation where you're now de-evolving your consciousness. So, even though you think you're, um, you have freedom of who you are, you you do. You have free will, but you make agreements. So mm-hmm. I've made certain agreements that I'm honoring, based on what I wanted to accomplish when I came here. For example, showing women in the latter half of the 20th century that you can accomplish much. And if you look at my resume, I've I think I've done oh, yeah. a pretty good, pretty good job of, you know, being a well-rounded person from, you know, my music, my poetry, and my writings, and my my athletic career, and all the stuff that I've done. So I've I've honored that, and to write stories so that young children can feel as if they're not. Um, encumbered mm-hmm. by nonsense with it when you can you can get to be an adult and you're living in the united states or you're living in a free country you can accomplish these things so there's that flip side where my free will can mean i make really stupid choices <laughs> you know, right. I just make stupid choices but asking for help and getting what you want aren't necessarily too things the same thing i i'm asking for help and then let go of that expectation of how it's going to arrive so when you start asking for help and expecting it to be a certain way and it doesn't do that then your ego gets all um messed up and you start saying well that wasn't true because i didn't get what i wanted mm-hmm. so if you can let go of that to learn that to learn how to have an expectation. I can. I can have expectations. I can have intentions. I can have intentions. So I intend to do this and I can expect to accomplish that. Then I let it go. 
you know, I've done the work. I, I went to school. I got my degrees. I know how to do this. And then I'm, I let go who's going to walk into my clinic. I let go of what I might say to them. And I let my guides help me talk to people. You know, like, you know, they're always like, once you have that telepathy mm-hmm. experience, it's like, okay, I hear you talking. I know what you want to say to Gary. Okay. <laughs> All right. Does that, did that answer your question? Does that, is that helpful? It does. It was, that, you know, I'm going to share something with you and on this podcast that I've never shared before. One time, it was, it was a long time ago. I'm going back maybe 20 years ago. Um, I was having issues sleeping and I took way too much melatonin one night and I had a vision and I think it was my guardian angels that I saw. And it was three guys sitting around the table, drinking tequila, smoking cigars and playing poker. And I'm like, I don't trust these guys. (laughs) Was that real? Was that yeah, real? I mean, that's, like, like, um, like, like, did I get guardian angels that drink tequila and smoke cigars and play poker? Absolutely. Sure. And they probably swear too. Oh, absolutely. They probably do drugs. They probably, <laughs> probably <laughs> hit a ayahuasca while you weren't looking. <laughs> These beings love us uh-huh. to our core in a way that you cannot even believe. You can't, you can't even believe it. They know you. They know who you are. Mm-hmm. They know how you would react to certain images. So if they came that way, the thing I would ask people is, what did they say? What was what was the purpose? Did it help you? Did it what what was that about? Maybe just hey, you know. Well, my, mine were speaking Spanish. I didn't understand Spanish. Yeah, they they. Mine speak English. You're um, lucky. <laughs> sometimes I've had I've had one speak Chinese. Because <laughs> I'm an acupuncturist, that what you're doing, it's pretty funny. But they they will come in a way that they know me through humor, and they come in a way that they know you. Mm-hmm. And so, what changed from that? What when you had this vision? Was it a warning? Was it, see they speak in metaphors a lot of times, and so that's what gets me. Like, why the hell don't you just come and tell me outright? Well, it, was, it was weird because it was a turning point for me. There you go. Because, because um, one, I learned I had to stop taking the melatonin. <laughs> and, and, and then I actually went and got some therapy, too, because I started to think maybe the, the vision wasn't actually a vision. that I was just I was going insane. Well, there's a very thin line between insanity, and, um, what we think is insanity. And, and then after that, things started to go back uphill for me. I mean, yeah, things started going good. Well, I would say that's evidential. So the evidence is on your side that those were your guides. You know, they could have been seeing that, hey, you got to stick around and meet Donna for this podcast. For <laughs> 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 you're going, oh, this is why I'm here. I'm here, so... <laughs> But the fact that you're you're well, first of all, you're brave for sharing this on air, and I don't know if you're going to cut it out later. Or not, I don't. But I don't really, edit anything. Okay, I'm really proud of you for sharing. Number one. Number two is if the outcome evolved you, 
you know, you, you become a better person. It was a good thing. It scared the hell out of you, but it was really good. Then I would say, absolutely. Those were your guides. Interesting. The least likely guides ever. I don't know about that. <laughs> if you've read Natalie Sudman's application of impossible things, I have she, not. Has, she got blown up. And so her and her guides were laughing about what injuries she should have in the 3D world. That's pretty fun. Ugh, so, I hate injuries. Yes. Tell me. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. um, Is this help you? Is this helping? Is this what you were wanting, hoping? Always. 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 The the universe always provides. You know, I, I, and that's the one thing I do believe is, is whatever. That's why I don't edit my podcast or anything. I just kind of, I, I, and I don't even plant my interviews. I, I, I kind of wing it and I just figure whatever's supposed to come out in the interview is going to come out. And, and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, and, 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 the less I interfere in it, the better. I understand that. <laughs> so, um, what? Like, like your your purpose, like you say, is to to bring some, you know, a positive message. And you have your podcast to bring a positive message, and um, is there any specifics to it? Is there something that that people are doing that they shouldn't be doing, or or do you think that the world is going in the right direction the way it's supposed to? Um, what message are you trying to convey to the world that's going to bring about some type of positive healing and change? That's a great question with many parts, a lot of moving parts in that question. Um, one, I I seem to be better one on one as opposed to like going to a convention with a thousand people and having great things to say. Uh -huh. It's more like, um, <clears throat> it's why I've been so reticent in writing my books. I have them all started, but can't finish them. Yeah, I was wondering why you haven't written a book. Well, I have, <laughs> I've written, I, I have one book going on, um, Sadie, my guide dog. And I became a pet therapy team for kids up at Maricopa medical center. That's a great, that's a great book with, blog i have a blog on that mm -hmm. another one is about my life all the things that i've accomplished that people you know if i can i hate when people say that well if i can do it you can do it, it sounds so uh patronizing yeah but it's more like these are some possibilities this is possible this is for me it's been i've been on the other side this is what this is what is possible and so if you're hearing this and you're all stuck up in your belief systems. Can you just suspend your belief systems for a moment, put them on the side and hear what might be possible. Mm -hmm. You can evolve that you can love that you can grow. You can get out from under whatever you're think you're stuck in, in the 3d world. Um, so it's that it's kind of a message for um, people that maybe have lost hope. If they if they can see where I've come from, you know, a large large Irish Catholic family in Western New York in the fifties right. can come and be a sixty eight year old cosmic consciousness explorer 
who had a near death, maybe you can learn from that. Maybe, maybe there's something that I'm saying. If you could suspend your beliefs to maybe say, oh, that's a possibility. Mm. Maybe that's, maybe that's possible. Maybe I could do that. And I agree. That's actually one of my goals also is I think, uh, I mean, growing up as a kid, there wasn't a lot of information about this kind of stuff. There probably wasn't really, I mean, there was a little bit, but not a lot. But to be able to um, have a generation grow up with a certain amount of awareness about their own awareness even uh, and, and its possibilities and the limitless nature of it. I mean, the, the only thing that, that that stops, I think, you know, that creates limits for people is not doing the work. You know, I think that's always sort of the catch. It's like, well, you can do anything you want, but you got to do the work. Got to do the work. Um, there's physical limitations here because of the 3D rule set yeah. that we're in. But I don't see a mental limitation i think we're discovering with the kids with the blindfolds is it possible that those kids are go-kart behind these folds heck is it possible go into meditation and go into other worlds and you look at jürgen Svai. oh man you're okay you're on it always does that when i get revved up my energy it's pretty cool. <laughs> My energy field, I have to kind of <laughs> ramp it back a little bit. I forget that when I get excited. Um, yeah, so I I think I answered your question with regard to I think I'm I think I'm more bringing information to people about possibilities, which is why I have the podcast. Is that they can hear from other people, not just Donna. Mm -hmm. you know, like this is this is a, someone that like candy, this is this is you know you you vet them, you look at them. Yeah. What did, what are they really saying? Is it helpful? Is this something believable? And they're on my podcast. Do, do you have a, an audience that you target to? That's a great question. Remember this this podcast is being driven by my guides, mm -hmm. uh, and so I generate a guest list based on their, what they're telling me. And so I leave it up to them to do the marketing. <laughs> I live differently than most. Right. You know, I just, okay, I'll do this part. I'll do the 3D part. I'll do the microphone. I'll do all this. But you're in charge of changing hearts. You're in charge of my listeners. You're in charge of the podcast. I'm not. So I don't have sponsors i don't have um i don't have any of that because i'm being taken care of by my guides i guess right. is the best way to say it they're taking care of me so i can do this for people since you started the podcast do you find that sometimes your guides speak to you through other people oh they speak <laughs> there's no limits how they speak to you <laughs> oh my god they, there's signs and wonders. When you open your eyes and you're aware, the signs and wonders are, you wonder why you ever had your eyes closed. So they can speak in music and books and people on the street, uh, a, a one second 
commercial on television. Um, they speak in lots of ways. If you just pay attention, they're very busy. <laughs> they're not just, they're not just, oh, I wonder when Gary's going to ask for help. No, they're around you beating on your head all the time. <laughs> like, oh, did you see this? Did they're they're see smoking that? cigars and drinking tequila. Yeah. I know what they're oh, doing. Yeah, they're doing stuff. <laughs> Getting your attention is what they're doing. Notice they didn't get drunk. I, I don't know if they were sober, though. I don't know. that They were showing you stuff. This is what you could look like. But, yeah, they're, they're constantly this virtual reality is um, – so if you look at it, if you do look at Tom Campbell's work in virtual reality, this is an almost reality. Mm-hmm. And I think about that when I, even when I walk outside, oh, my energy's making my screen go, I got to, sorry. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, You're missing I'm part gonna, of your head. <laughs> I'm going to, exactly. This is what happens. You laugh, but that's, you know, okay. Got to calm down. Um, yeah. So they're all around us doing all kinds of things, all sentient beings. We think we're the only sentient beings on the planet, but we're not. It's, we're being, there's messages, signs every, every day, almost every moment. Mm-hmm. They'll say, do you, do you get a break? And I go, well, I don't, I'm not sure. Cause when I, I'm not thinking I'm dreaming mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a reality. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, one of the questions that always pops into my head about this particular topic also is what makes me so important to have guardian angels and guardian spirits? Am I that important? And, Absolutely. and is it just humans or is there life all around the universe that is working on the same model? There's life all around the universe. They're not on the same model. And yes, you're that important. Um, no matter what you, what belief system you have, go back to your belief system. Why you believe you're not important. That's crazy. Well, not me. I mean, Sometimes I just wonder about the human race in general. Oh, no, we're okay. We're going to do things. We're going to, you know, we're stupid. We're evolving. You know, we do stupid things to each other. Um Lots of lessons being learned, lots of agreements that have been made. But we're so far, we're evolving on a, on a timeline mm-hmm. that's appropriate. And as Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about, it's chaos before the change, the great change that's coming. So we're in a, we're in a, um, we're in a situation in this timeline where more and more people are becoming awake and aware, mm-hmm. you know, people call it dawning of Aquarius, whatever you yeah. call it. It's whatever it's, it's where we are evolving, but there's people here that are de-evolving. And so we're doing, we're doing our best. There's, there's certain people that I, I I'm hands off. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I just look at them and go, no, not going to do that. <laughs> not going to uh, take, you know, there's other things I do energetically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're, you're important. Everyone's, everyone is, you'll find that when you remember, when you go to the other side, how important you really are. It's, um, 
it's a, it's uh, there's no words for the love that there is for each individual because we really are one. Yeah. And so we think we're separate. It's hard for us to believe that we're one consciousness, we're cosmic consciousness. It's a really hard thing for us to wrap our heads around while we're here in the 3D. It's a tough one. Can we look at can look at it as maybe as an individual I'm important because I am part of that whole cosmic consciousness, which is everything? When I was in front of the creator on my death, he gave me a feeling that I was the only one in the universe. And if I was, he'd make all of this just for me. And I don't, I don't know how to come back and share that. I, I believe like, that. All, we all have a name which he calls us. And I say he again, the pronoun is not, it's an energy. It's a, it's, so like an it. uh, it's crazy, but it's like they're the love that they have. <laughs> See me talking about love and energy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to pixelate here. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You're that important. Every single person is that important. Every single, single, single person. Interesting. You know, I had an experience once with an epileptic seizure and, and I was out for about 30 minutes, you know, and I experienced like that timeless thing, definitely big time. And, you know, I was chilling out in this void and uh, there was no fear. There was absolutely zero fear. In fact, there was a contentment and a peace that was undescribable. And, um, and then all of a sudden I heard my wife yelling at me to come back and, and I opened my eyes. And by then I was in the, already in the ambulance. Like it was like already a half hour. I had been out, but it seemed like a second. But when I woke up, I was like, really? I actually came back here. Why would I do this? Why would I come back? Well, your wife wanted you. Yeah. I guess I was afraid that she'd follow me or something. And keep yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, Gary, but yeah. Yeah, like Eben Alexander said, his son brought him back. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't I didn't have anybody. My lesson wasn't about having someone call my name and call me back. Mm -hmm. I was in the middle of the lake drowning, so I, yeah. it'd be kind of hard for anybody to get to me. But yeah. Uh it was, it was cool though. I, I mean, it was just a cool experience. Like it, that was just like another one of those experiences where I realized like, I'm not just this body. Nope. And, and, and that changes things a lot. Um, do you think there is an adversary in the universe, like a negative energy that wants to stop evolution and stop, people from growing and stop extension that's a great question how i feel about it is i don't give any second of my time to it if there is one i don't give a shit about them mm -hmm. you know you're trying to de-evolve my people not happening i choose to be uh positive evolving spend my time on thoughts that I feel are 
helping people. So when it comes to, is there that? I didn't see it. Doesn't mean it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Hitler and all the people and all the hate? Is that evil? And so for me, it's like, I can't, I've heard lots of explanations about that. And for me, Donna, personally, when I hear that, I will go read a book on something that would help me understand how evolution is better than devolution, right. <laughs> de-evolving. So do I think there's such a thing? I, I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time on it. I don't, I, I don't see that. It's not in my world. It's not right. in my world. It's not in my belief system. It's not in my worldview. Um, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't know. I, can't I, I guess the, re- the reason I asked that question is because typically on my show, there's like two different groups of people. Okay. That there, there's people that believe that everything is, that, that all separate entities, angels and stuff and whatever they're, they're communicating from other dimensions with are good. And there's another group that feels like all these communications and psychic stuff is negative and that they're just some kind of entity disguising itself as being good to mislead the human race down some other road. Now, you know, I mean, I have my own personal belief, which I would share (laughs) off the air on it. You know, I, I like to give everybody a voice so my listeners can decide what they want to decide. Um, so let me just interrupt your question there and say, um, so part of my work as a psychologist in Western New York mm-hmm. was looking at individuals that we would label, you know, we, in psychology and therapy, we use the DM, the, the diagnostic and statistical manual for, um, labeling what we think are, is abnormal behavior. So I've seen and I've seen the after effects of satanic worship and satanic satanic rituals and been present when certain individuals that were schizophrenic were saying things. So I, I understand I'm not stupid. I'm not Pollyanna. I'm not, oh, everything's positive and I've seen things, you know, there's a reason why I have white hair and I'm 68. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen things. I've seen people. I remember uh, in my senior year psychology class, at, uh, we went to uh, the mental hospital, mental state up in Buffalo. And I remember asking the teacher, what's that smell? What's that smell? And it smelled like Clorox and something organic. And he said, oh, that's, that's someone's brain deteriorating. So you asked the question before about what role, what role does brain have and pain have? I think both those things make us really grounded in 3D. I don't think we can soar a lot when we're burdened with physical pain and mental pain. So I have a person right now I'm working with who is so damaged that I can't see him. I, you know, I hold space for him to recover, but you know, you can, 
people can come in and label that however they want to. You know, you can be a psychologist or psychiatrist and label it one way. You can be a evangelical preacher and label it another way. And I'm not mm-hmm. picking on evangelical preachers, but, you know, having gone to school in West Texas, um, I heard a lot of, well, the devil made me do that. Well, the devil did this and the devil did that. So I'm coming from that experience and those backgrounds of both being in mental health and working with people that were severely mentally ill, if you will, or were such, I don't know, cover, don't know how they were able, going to recover. So you can say there's an adversarial beings in the universe. I just can't, I, I just, you know, think that a lot of it is a product of our own belief system or mm-hmm. our own evolution and how we used to explain things on the planet to understand certain phenomenon. But it could be, you could be right. I'm not going to argue with you, nor am I going to spend a lot of time on it because I'm going to either be in the 3D world helping this individual or I'm going to be in the 5D world helping that individual. Absolutely. It's a good answer. (laughs) Good thing I went to school, damn it. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) That was my, that was my thing. Um, Great. Uh, I had another question to kind of follow up on it. I forgot what it was. You know, I I just think, uh, you know, you know, when when I some of the people that that I've talked to that have the negative view are people who haven't had like a near death experience or an out of body experience. They're very attached to the three D world. And I think some of that is just fear-based, unexplained, because they, you know, because it's just unexplained and they fear it. I would, I would agree with that. You know, I've, I've been in situations where, you know, I could be really fearful, and I guess my path has been, well, <laughs> you got a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Choose to stay in this or move out. Move, move out of it. Yeah. Um, sort of like along the same lines, what happened to the brother that tried to kill you? He, he went on a road to um, drugs and he died of cancer in 2005. Oh, I'm sorry. And <clears throat> um, we were able to talk about it and reconcile mm-hmm. and it's another one I did my best to try to help him that's all I can say yeah yeah you know I, it's not all it's not all fun and games and laughing no, you know I know I, I know the heights of laughter because I know the depths of pain oh yeah was it you know the, 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 the um, greater the pain, the greater the joys? Greater the pain, the greater the joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my experience. And all this is my experience. Yeah. I, I think that, though, 
is common to everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is one of the definite common denominators to the human experience is the more pain that we feel or allow ourselves to be open to, the more joy and happiness we can also experience on the other side of that. It's part of just the dualistic nature of this. Well, you're talking to a Chinese acupuncturist. We're the masters of yin and yang. (laughs) Talking to a Chinese master. That's true. So you must be uh, a big fan of Lao Tzu. I know Lao Tzu. Um, I know his works. We studied it in school. Um, He was a man of his time, a warrior. And I think a lot of his truths, a lot of what he says can be applied in the 3D. But I I prefer my Lao Tzu to be Tom Campbell and Jürgen Svayi and Candy Sanderson and Gary. Gary, I can't say your last name. Kachalillo. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) The unpronounceable name of a podcast host. (laughs) Mine gets screwed up pretty good. Rebido. That was actually easy. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So, um, before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you? Well, I have a podcast, Exploring Consciousness. They can listen to that. And then I have a companion website, exploreconsciousness.com, even though the podcast is exploring. Mm-hmm. Someone took the name. So it always happens. My website has to be Explore Consciousness. And on there, there's a contact, me or us, it's me. You can, you know, shoot me off an email. Um, If you, you know, ask me really good questions, be honest. I have a hard time with dishonesty and someone having an agenda and trying to put that agenda in my mouth. Right. So, yeah, if it's honest and I got people around the world that sometimes they call me (laughs) Finland. (laughs) <laughs> wakes up when it's 3 a.m. in Arizona. So yeah. Phone calls, you know. But uh, yeah, you can find me on the podcast. I am in a podcast with Candy Sanderson called Reluctant Messenger Unleashed. The two of us are doing it like a book review because I'm a bookworm. I try to read. My goal is a book a day. Wow. Um, but if I can, if I can get four books a week, yeah, I'm happy. But I try to, you know, my goal is a book a day. <laughs> so I like books. So we did it as a book review and it's on unleashing her messages from her, the reluctant messenger and the reluctant messenger returns. We're, we're at 14 episodes in and we're only on chapter four. So <laughs> apparently we like to really get into the details of that. Yeah. I'm about halfway through uh reluctant messenger returns. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So. She, uh, she's the real deal. Yeah, she's amazing. She's, she's she's the real deal for sure. So are you, Gary? I'm just you are the real deal. You I'm are. A, I'm a podcaster. No, you're more than that. I see that. <laughs> Don't give me that. <laughs> Sorry. Let's <laughs> try, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to post the links to uh, your website and your podcast in the notes to this episode, so my listeners, when they're done listening this episode they can go listen to your episodes too and they will like listen and subscribe to your podcast
Thank you, sir. You too. Thanks for having me, Gary. <laughs> Thank you. And just hang on. I love you, brother. I, I love, love you too. Okay. And hang on one second. I just have to play uh, my famous outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.